the artist on this track goes by the name Shore D. The track is called Let It Go. Greetings and salutations, one and all. How you doing? Yesterday's already gone. I want to say big ups to each and everyone locked in right now on the night shift with DJ Kevin Stewart's Real Talk Night. And we in for quite a talk tonight. I want to say big ups to everyone locked in and those on TuneIn Radio on the night shift with DJ Kevin Steele. Those locked in out to New Jersey NIE Radio. Big ups to New Jersey's finest. The Motivator, big up your status. Remember you can catch The Motivator every Thursday and Saturday. Double Trouble Thursdays at 9pm Eastern. Motivation Saturdays. 3 p.m. Eastern. Big up to those who are locked in on the Foundation Radio Network, ClintonLindsay.com. Big up Mr. Lindsay. You can catch him live at midday Eastern. Monday through Friday. Big up to those who are locked in on PEMGTV.com. Much love to you. Those on Zeno FM. Blessings. Those locked in on Facebook Live and Clubhouse. Don't get too comfortable. Remember, it's only a segment broadcast. Use a link that is pinned in the comment section or in the description. KevinStew.com. Hey man, come on over to the home of the night with DJ Kevin Stew, where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. Hey man, you can't let it go, you know. You don't need to hold on to it. I want to say thank you to my affiliates. Oh, I did say thank you to the affiliates. I want to say thank you to my sponsors. No regret. No Paul C Media Group and being in a moment is priceless. Give them a call. What can they do for you? Everything that you see here on KevinStew.com and more. So they host KevinStew.com. That's the first thing. But outside of that, you have a wedding, a seminar, a, a church service, a funeral, a party, a graduation, you name it. You want to stream it live on a secure platform, whether it is yours or theirs, get them a call. Let, they, let them hook you up, yeah? 754-999-1140. Call them up, tell them you heard about them on the night shift with DJ Kevin. I want to say thank you to Althea and her healing heavenly hands. Althea issues a licensed massage therapist operating out of Broad County, North Miami Dade, and South Palm Beach counties. She comes to you bringing her table, her oils, and over 20 years massage therapy experience. She only has one request outside of paying her. That's that you get off her table and go sleep somewhere else when she's done. Because I always fall asleep. She made that a rule for everybody. You can call Althea 954-655-9000 or email her at theolator.att.net and set up your appointment today. 
thank you to Reggae Global Entertainment. Reggae Global will act as your booking agent, handle your tour management, take care of your copyrights, business registration, legal service referrals, music production, marketing and promotion, and so much more. Check them out, reggaeglobal.com. Contact them whichever way you see fit. Let's go to the website and take it from there. I want to say thank you to Matt Neal Trucking. With Matt Neal Trucking, you're in good hands. They're licensed and insured movers. So if you want to move from here to there, not sure how to get it done. I want to work out the logistics. I want to just put it in someone's hand and say, hey, you do it. And call them up, 954-406-9740. Tell them you heard about the one night shift to DJ Kevin Steele. Yeah, you see me standing tall. Yeah, man, you can't let it go. You don't need to hold on to everything, and it's not everything that you can. You need to hold on to some things, some experiences. You just need to let them go so that you can grow. And and boy, let me tell you, I'm a poet and I don't even know it. So without further ado. Thank you, Shore D. On the track called Let It Go. Without further ado, I present to you the woman of the moment. The one who will be bringing the real information for us tonight. No stranger to the night of the DJ Kevin Stew. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Kira, be herself, Dr. Kelly Ray Brown. Hi, Dr. Kelly Ray. How are you? Where? DJ. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. It looks like you were muted there for a moment. Um, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I am well. Thank you very much for asking. I am doing well. Um, working on, on, on letting go of some things and learning more and more every day how to let go. You know, because it's a process, right? You you never quite right. get it. Yeah. So I'm 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 learning and I'm and I'm growing. I'm improving each day. It's a process. But um, <laughs> I I I saw this post that you made on social media, and I was like, yo, you know. That needs to be my subject of discussion for for real talk. It really does. And once again, I was moving in one direction and I saw something that led me in a different direction. And I reached out to you and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you accepted and could make the time to be here with us tonight. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure and an honor to be here. So, you know, I, I played the song just now about letting it go. And I made the statement that, you know, we should we should just let things go. We don't, we don't need to be holding on to things like that. We, we, we can let them go. But it's not really that 
easy when when we're talking about healing not that easy for some um some people decide that you know whatever you know it, it it's done it's gone um i don't care anymore i'm over it uh for those of you that are listening in and want to participate tonight by the way the phone lines are always open seven seven three seven eight nine stew gets you in touch it's seven seven three seven eight nine seven eight three nine you can call you can text you can whatsapp you can telegram but we do encourage that you call um, to be a part of this broadcast of course you can jump into the stew pot on kevinstew.com and those of you wondering what a stew pot is it's where we keep things interactive and bubbling others call it a chat room but because we're fancy we call it the stew pot so come on in you don't need to register just go to kevinstew.com and you're a part of the stew pot you don't need to give your first uh your firstborn you don't need to offer a blood sacrifice you don't need to give up an internal organ nothing like that uh you can remain anonymous if you choose and of course you can Put your name and let us know who you are. So big ups to, to, to everyone locked in. Marlon from uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, blessings to you. Um, buenos tardes. Uh, yeah, it's the same time. Yeah, buenos tardes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dr. Caribbean. So the, the, the whole concept of it it, it, it sounds good in the song. It sounds good when I say it. Um, you want to grow, you want to heal, just let it go. But... It isn't always that easy, is it? No. <laughs> it's it's a process, actually. It's a process almost like grieving. If you, if you think about there being processes for mm-hmm. grieving or levels or steps that people generally take, and it's not necessarily linear either. It's not like, oh, I go from step one to step two. You know, sometimes we bounce in between those steps. And so what I've learned and experienced is people tend to go through healing from past traumas or experiences that have been negative or negatively impactful in their lives when they've become so uncomfortable Mm. You know, there's plenty of things that we can go through and experience negative things and then take on new personas or new ways of being to try to either deny or ignore or push away from, as you said, just let it go without even looking at it. Right. And that's well and good until it becomes a disruption in your life, whether it be your career, your relationships, your health, any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> How how then are we really supposed to deal with it? You know, it 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 seems it sounds good. You know, it's a thing that we we go with. Um, but why not go with that? You know, why 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 can't that be the the thing to go with? What what's so dangerous about that? About healing. About just just going with letting it go. You know, just saying. You know, hey. You know, is there any, well, <laughs> le, well let me, let me, let me not, let me not ask it that way. Is there anything dangerous about that? That's probably the question I should ask. You know, is there any danger to it? You know, everybody wants to let go of, of something. However, they feel the need to hold on to it. We, we always like to hold on to our hurts and wear them like a badge of honor and 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 you know we always telling the story of somebody hurt us and then we go through the whole thing about how they went about hurting us 
And it's like, we have a right to do that. But Well, there's also a game to staying there, too. Mm. And you know, well, you, as somebody who is, like you say, sharing the story of, like, I'd just been hurt, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, let's say relationship-wise. Um, there is something to be gained by that. If we tell our story enough and we get enough, you know, attention or people offering to help us or, you know, those kinds of things. And, and those things are not necessarily a conscious thing that we decide, you know what, I just want to be a victim of my past for my whole life. And because I'm getting all of this adoration and attention and focus on me, how narcissistic is that? Most people aren't consciously walking around in that state. They, It's just all stuff that's been practiced over the years that gets to that point. So, wait. Are you saying that we are unconsciously narcissistic? Most of us? We can't. No, we have, can all have narcissistic tendencies for sure. Yeah. But, okay, so when it, when, when it comes to... Things like past hurts. We, our narcissism comes out because... Not necessarily, we, but some people become victims of their own victimization. You know, the, the mm. past traumas that happen to them, they can, can, they can stay in that victim state of, I can only find unhealthy partners, for instance, or seems like every example would be every guy I meet treats me badly. And then I continue to keep having these kind of relationships. And then what I get from that is, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it just compounds a belief we already have about ourselves that we're mm. not good enough to have oh. a healthy relationship. Got you. Got you. <laughs> You know, I, I, let me ask you, kind of backtracking a bit. Was there something that inspired you creating that post about healing? Yeah, because that, <laughs> there was, and what created that was I've seen a lot of people and specifically on social media right we've all been kind of thrusted into the social media world over the last two years with covid and everything else you know that seems to be where everybody has gone now is on some form of social media mm -hmm. and then you have all kinds of either healers or coaches or counselors or motivational people posting these posts of you know, here's six keys to get you this, or here's the secret strategy to, to heal your life. And, you know, just this, do this one thing and you'll magically be, it's almost like this hook and bait type wording that's put mm. out there to draw people in. It's like, let's go, let's go push on your pain points because then you'll get me some business. That's what that all really kind of comes down to. And I'm not saying that that's what people necessarily are doing they yeah. want to help people they want to stand out 
amongst the sea of social media people right. to to let people know that they're there to help them. But the thing is, is those things are also not necessarily true. There is no one size fits all. There is no do step A through B through C and you're suddenly healed and forevermore. You'll never have to heal again. And I think I think that's a misnomer. And I and I hate for people to think that they're never going to heal. That, you know, they go through all of this work and they feel like they're doing well and then something comes along in the world that kind of maybe sets them back or they have another experience that might be perceived as negative and immediately they think I haven't healed enough. This is why this is happening to me. And so that's kind of what was the motivation for me is I want people to know, look, you're, you know, there's, there is no one size fits all. There's no, you know, you do these things and you'll instantly be healed and never have to go through a hardship ever again in your life. That would be setting us up for failure and also setting the person up who's done a lot of work on themselves to live more vibrantly, live more whole, live more, you know, present in their life to think, well, when am I ever going to be good enough? When am I ever going to meet this, you know, finish line of healing? That And I want people to know that you just do the best that you can do and make improvements and know that life is going to continue to take you through experiences as you, as you go forward. Could be good, could be not pleasant, and it could be bad, but it doesn't make you a failure in whatever you're doing right now to work on healing yourself. Okay, so the, the, the recognizing that you deserve to you deserve that better you deserve to feel that joy you deserve to be healed in 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 essence basically a lot of us don't feel like we deserve it for some reason so we're in a constant state of purgatory <laughs> yeah, that could be, right? I mean, that could be conditioning that happened to us from a very early age on. See, this is why um, I, I really think uh, therapy is important. You know, I recommend it to everybody. Um, so, here we go. We recognize that something is amiss. We have this experience. We're hurting. And... We want to move on from this hurt. Now, since it's a process, you have to start somewhere. Is there really a given point? Because you mentioned that there isn't a one-size-fits-all. There isn't a magic bullet to this thing. But is there really a starting point since it's a process? Is there a starting point and are there actual steps that you need to take in order to get to that place of healing and I, I i ask that with certain things being taken into consideration things like um ptsd and i use ptsd especially for us here in in, in south florida in the very simple form of 
every year between June and September, October, we look out for hurricanes. We are watching the weather reports constantly. And the moment you hear a tropical storm round about the Eastern Caribbean, round about at a certain point in the Eastern Caribbean, because it generally takes a certain track, we start getting plyboard and buying up the bread and the, the, the tin goods off the shelves when we already have tin goods in our pantry. And we go into the state of panic. So is there a process and a starting point to this process that if something else happens, it doesn't trigger us to the point where we go back to square one? Well, part of the process, you know, if we just, I, I have a couple of things I've written out here, just thinking maybe this might be where we might be going with our conversation hey, tonight. Listen, it's wherever you take it. I, I just have some, yeah. some, 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 some random questions, some ideas in my head that I, I believe other people might be asking too. And speaking of other people, if you people out there that are listening want to ask some questions, again, the number is available. You can call in. Or jump into the stew pot on kevinstew.com. The number, 773-789-STEW. 773-789-7839. Sorry, go ahead, Dr. Kirby. Well, as I mentioned earlier, when somebody goes through grief, there's a number of phases or stages that we go through. The same is true with healing. Like, for one, surrendering to suffering. And so what does that mean? Mm. Be willing to put down the suffering or stop trying to escape from or avoid what has happened to you, whatever that may be. Mm. You know, if it's being in an unhealthy relationship, if it's having an unhealthy relationship with food, an unhealthy relationship with your money or sexual trauma or abuse, any of those things at some point, we have to be willing to say, I no longer want to run from this. I no longer want to try to escape this by doing these other things that are not letting the haunting go away from my head at nighttime when I go to sleep. Or, you know, the wheels in my head just keep spinning around with the story of whatever's happened to me. Mm, not reliving it. Right. So we have to be willing to say, you know what, I need to, to surrender to this. Surrendering doesn't mean that you fall victim to it and, and that's all there is to it. No, it's, it's a willingness to say, I'm ready to kind of look at this. I'm ready to see what it is I'm continuing to carry around with me. And as a result of carrying this around with me, how is it impacting my everyday living? Mm. Yeah, so people could at that point, if, you know, so many people tend to be afraid to ask for help and specifically around the areas of mental health, you know, there's still this connotation that if you do talk to somebody, it's the, the worst thing in the world because they're going to think you're crazy or that. I mean, we have counselors, we have coaches, we have all kinds of people available just average people who have been through something who have lived through it that can share some of their experience that makes it relatable and help others to get through that 
that's another step too is being willing to to reach for help and ask for it yeah you know people people can be trying all they can to help someone who's suffering but until that person's willing to say hey i'm suffering it's just like what are we doing here we're not doing much of anything the other thing is being aware of um awareness leading towards tolerance meaning being aware of your emotions and identifying them to allow yourself to resolve them sometimes we're not even allowing ourselves to feel what we're feeling because we think if we feel it it'll be too much and we won't live through it so and there's such freedom when we can finally get that outside of ourselves. Something just hit me just now. The the point before this one, with the accepting and the allowing to feel. So, isn't that kind of linked to pride? Because for just just listening to you, pride for me seems to be the the big block, the big barrier with these last two points that you mentioned? Pride is a really big thing. And again, think of maybe social conditioning. Maybe think of childhood and watching your parents or those that were in charge of you. And if they weren't people that were willing to ask for help, I mean, asking for directions somewhere, because Mm. I mean, that seems so silly, but to a child... How do we interpret everything that we see and how do we label it? You know, it's like right, we can't right. decide for a child that their their life wasn't good if they perceived it differently than we as the adults saw it, right? We don't have a right to tell anybody that their life was right or wrong or their perception of what happened to them didn't happen to them. That's That's up to them. Yeah. So, you know, pride of not being able to ask for help. If you have a belief around you that talking to somebody, a counselor or a pastor or a a coach or somebody like that, then you're not going to get very far. Mm. And sometimes we use those without even consciously being aware that we're blocking ourselves to get our own help. Right. <laughs> because what will people think of me? As if you feel like you have to tell anybody that you're helping yourself. So that part of it, that's the shame. So you have the pride where uh, you, you know here I am. I I shouldn't need to be depending on anyone. I shouldn't need to be calling on anyone. I shouldn't I should be able to do this myself. And then there's a the shame that I shouldn't have been going through this at all. And I can't allow for anyone to to know that I have gone through this and put on a front, not be vulnerable enough to say, I'm hurting in order to get that that, that bit of empathy that is out there waiting for us. Well, there's guilt too. I mean... there's a guilt okay. of thinking, okay. how much did I let this happen to me? You know, so I'm, I feel guilty for 
that I had to go through that experience that somehow I must ask for that to happen to me on some mm. level. Or I participated in something that I knew was not good for me, but I did it anyway. So yeah, you have guilt and shame or cousins there, you know, yeah. right there. You find that happening a lot with, with people suffering from abuse and with rape victims, right? Yes, 100%. That, 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 that self-blame. Right. 100%. You know, and I mean, especially even a child. I mean, they don't even have the emotional intelligence to know that what was done to them was not anything that had to do with them as much as it had to do with the violator being somebody who needed their own control, their own sense of dominance over someone. Mm. But, but to a child, they just assume that they've done something that's caused this to happen to them. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to that. What's, it, what's next on, on your list, your little list that you have over there? <laughs> So as expression, so, you know, after we get through, oh, I'm sorry, um, confrontation of emotional blockages, meaning emotional healing faces emotional pain when those feelings, we allow those feelings to come up that we actually have in a healthy, safe environment that we're free to be able to finally say those things and to get this emotional pain out of your body. We all if we've had some kind of negative experience happen to us and we've labeled that as negative, there's something that's stored with inside of our body that every time we have that, let's, let's say, uh, if I can think of an example real quick, uh, I've had a client who had to deal with anger issues and I mean, they got easily angered and I mean, they mm -hmm. were even shocked themselves that they just little things would set them off and we couldn't figure out where that was coming from. So we went through and we figured out where that happened from childhood. I mean, I, those negative things that have happened to us have all happened at some point in our early developmental life. And we've labeled them as such. We've labeled those experiences as harmful, negative guilt, shame, whatever we want to call that. And then we just build momentum like a snowball over the years of those experiences happening again and again. And it makes right. that snowball or that emotional drama, trauma, bigger and bigger and bigger. So then we actually respond from that without even thinking because it's been practiced so much. But we also have a physical component inside of us so when i asked her what it felt like in her when she got angry she said she felt like her head just wanted to explode mm. so when we worked through these stages of getting to where we could release that anger she no longer had this pounding explosion feeling in her head and it was so liberating and so freeing to think that that was no longer going to be holding her back. Did that mean that she never got mad again in the future? No, there are certain things that are absolutely warranted for getting mad. But the mad didn't come at a reactive state that just made them out of control. It comes from a place of, hey, this is not right. This is not just. And I'm going to go do right. something about it. So there's right, a difference right. there. And that's part of going through the healing is 
learning to not be afraid of your feelings because maybe you've had extreme feelings of sadness, for instance. Mm-hmm. So you go start to go work through releasing sadness and you're thinking, oh man, that feels really good. I don't feel that sadness when my body's slumping over, my head's down, my shoulders are tucked forward and I'm all like I'm in a ball because I'm so sad. Now I feel like I'm actually sitting up and my shoulders are back and I feel free for the first time. Man, I hope Mm. I'm never sad again in life because they're so afraid that they're going to go back to that extreme feeling of sadness again, that they could accidentally go into, I'm never going to feel anything but joy for the rest of my life and try to avoid anything that might make me sad. That's not where we want to go with healing, right? We want to be able to know that it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to express them. It's, we just don't want them to control us. But when it comes to our feelings, we, we, we're not really taught that we are in control of our feelings. We <laughs> are all of the opinion that our feelings happen, or I shouldn't say we are all of the opinion, but generally we are of the opinion that our feelings happen just because we have, we're a part of a situation. And because of that situation, it invokes an, an emotion and, and, and we are victims to our own emotions. We, it's not a, we have control over what happens with our emotions. You know, something is, is, is sad. We, we get some sad news. We're not, con- we're not in control over feeling sad because we get that news. We feel sad because the news is there and that, that, that sadness takes us over. So Right, or we have those that have learned very early on that it's not okay to cry. Okay. And I don't mean there's just, you know, boys are a very good example of that, but right. there's been girls that have been taught this too, probably for various reasons. And usually it's because whoever the caregiver is in charge of them feels uncomfortable with this child expressing their feelings. So we immediately impart the wisdom because we're the, we're the adults, right? We know what's better for them. So we're going to tell them don't cry. Well, you know, real it's men not, don't cry, you know, you know, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's what a lot of us have, have been taught growing up. Real right. men don't cry. Because it makes everybody else uncomfortable. But it's, you know, so I, I again, I worked with a girl who just, would never allow herself to cry because she had been taught very early on. And so she had a lot of great coping mechanisms that would never allow her to cry. And yet that not being able to cry actually was causing a lot of disruptions in other areas of her life, meaning vulnerability in a relationship, in intimacy where you get to express your true feelings in that. But if you have not been allowed to do that, then how could you truly be present and open to a partner or even to your own child if if you've been taught to block that out? I'm going to take it a step further and a, and a, and a, and a centimeter deeper um, from being open to a partner or to your child, but even to yourself. Because you, you're really going to have to be that to yourself before you can give it to anyone else. Right. Um, 
you you and 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 my friend Jan are reversing roles tonight. Um, she is on Facebook asking a question, uh, making a comment. Doctor K, why do people think it's a bad thing to be emotional or have an emotional bond with someone? Why are we taught to do, to where are we taught or told to get over it? We're not robots. I mean, Jesus wept along the lines of right. what we're just talking about. And, and here she's asking the, the, the question. Um, I think she asked, asked this question before you started addressing it. I'm just seeing it. But Yeah, that's a great why? question. And I, and I love that she asked that question because I hope it gives others the ability to ask that question themselves. Why have I not allowed myself to feel? What have I learned about having feelings that have, you know, caused me maybe harm, maybe caused me disconnection? Like maybe if I got emotional at the dinner table or something, then I would get sent to my room with no dessert that night because Mm. I acted out. You know, it's really being able to go back and identify these things. Look, the rational brain can say, that happened to me when I was five years old. That was a long time ago. I'm now an adult. I live on my own. That doesn't bother me. But your unconscious brain still has that information and still operates from that information as if it is true true you're not good you're bad you need to go to your room and not get dessert so maybe that person who's saying that was five when i was five it was a long time ago but now in their adult life they're secretly eating three times the dessert every night because now they're an adult and they can and they don't have to go to their room okay well that's really great but what is it doing to your physical body now what is it doing to your physical Mm. health yeah These are where our emotions, if we're not dealing with them, can actually turn around and cause us more harm in the end because it's self-harm at this point. So I I guess the, the, the child being told that or having that experience when as an adult they're using these negative coping mechanisms um as when these adults become parents themselves they know generally they pass on the same things to their children is is that how it normally goes because now it becomes generational we pass it on like it's a baton in a, in a, in a, in a right in a and maybe we do it in a different way right so Maybe my mom said, hey, you're bad because I'm disrupting the dinner table or whatever. So go to your room. You don't get no dessert. Then move forward. I have my kid. Well, I'm never going to tell my kid they can't have dessert. So now I'm going to feed them all of the dessert that they want. Is that healthy? Is How is that any healthier than, you know, we're just doing maybe a different harm, so to speak. I don't think that that's people's intentions, though, to purposely do harm to their children. What I think it's just what we do, you know, trying not to have what was done to us done to our children. But in the meantime, we could be flipping the script in another extreme way. But ultimately, 
caused from not dealing with the issue in the first place. Correct. But that's, it's never too late. That, it's never too late to to change the story. It's never too late, meaning it's never too late to heal from the initial chapters of your life. That's so sad though. That and 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 in and of itself painful. It it causes more harm than anything else. Because looking back at that situation, no one could be happy about that. I, I don't right. okay, so the the situation I give you, that's from the child's perspective, right? The child says, Oh, I was bad, so I get sent to my room with no dessert. What was mom or dad's observation at the table? The kid is overtired, overstimulated, you know, beyond reason at this point, because again, they didn't get a nap or whatever. Parents are tired because they've worked all day and they just, they need some separation. You know, they need the child to go to bed because they're just too tired. So the parents thinking maybe they're doing the right thing. But the kid has labeled the experience as if they're bad. We all have labeled our life experiences based on our observation of what we think was done or not done. What was said was not said. That doesn't make it the other person's experience. If that makes sense. Okay. So, it does make sense to me. Um, and that, to me, is is something that can be applied to your childhood experience as well as any adult experiences talking about the 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 relationship that went south for whatever reason and you're looking healing from that because now you're hurting especially if you were the one that did something i remember i remember um one breakup i had where I did something, but actually I didn't do something. I was blamed for something. And I took it on to myself as me being the one that did it. And I, as a result, I was the one that caused the demise of this relationship. And it, it was a really good friend. And I look back at the relationship and it was a great relationship, but unfortunate that it had to be, it had to come to an end and it was my fault. And, and dealing with that for a while, I kept putting the blame on me. Until one day I realized, but wait, 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 wait. I'm not in control of what anybody else may think. Or what any, any information that anybody else may receive. And if this is valued in the very same way that I value it, then it is worth recognizing where the information is coming from, possibly what the, 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 the cause, the reason may be for that, that information being passed on to them. 
It could be jealousy. I've, I've heard a lot of stories of people being jealous of the relationship between two individuals that so much so that they create division between them only because they are feeling left out. And so I really don't know what it was, but if the other person in the relationship, and this is what, wor wor what worked for me, one, I had to rec I recognized for myself that it's not my fault. Yes, I was the one that was blamed. I was the one that it was said did something. But it wasn't my fault. And if this individual wanted to believe that that was the case and that this relationship wasn't worth it for us to work through that situation, then it needs to be let go. Because when something truly happens where it is my fault this is where we're going to end up so i can actually take joy in the fact that i was spared more time in and effort in this relationship and and that is how i had to look at it to process it now could i have been wrong in my thinking is there a right or wrong way <laughs> to think about it right and that's a really good point because there's your side her side and somewhere in between there's an in-between side right 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 you know there's there's truth somewhere in the middle of both of that yes yeah i can totally relate to that <laughs> as you're telling me this story it's flashing in my head when i was really young you know early 20s mm -hmm. not having oh, amy how many of us are actually taught how to have relationships with other people no we learn on tv we just relationship right i mean <laughs> we're born and we just relationship based on who's relationshiping with us you know how does our caretakers take care of us how do our you know parents look at us our siblings treat us yeah like, yeah, yeah. We don't ever sit down and say, this is how you have a relationship. So I have a relationship and because I was always somebody who cared so much about making sure everybody else was happy mm -hmm. that even if the relationship was not healthy for me, my choice would be, let's see if I can get them to break up with me because it would be easier for me to take it. Because oh, wow. I wouldn't want to hurt them that way. So then they end up breaking up with me. And later down the road, I'm like, how come nobody wants me? You know, so there's a flip the script oh, on wow. the whole story, too. Because it was yeah. like, no, it doesn't work that way. You can't, you can't do both of those. But um, we do things like this. You know, we just, it's so important that, I, that we understand our emotions and our feelings and why we're expressing them and why we're feeling them and, and what we're doing with them because they affect us on so many levels. Mm. Um, one, okay, so one, one comment I had gotten here on the text line, um, you can't blame yourself. And this was from a, a comment made earlier. I'm just seeing it. Um, you can't blame yourself for some of these things. But who else is there to blame? Isn't isn't self the easiest person to blame in the in 
the grand scheme of things. Yeah, you can point a finger at someone else and say they are the cause. Right. But a lot As of the times... we have three co- pointing back at us. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, a lot of the times we come back to, boy, what could I have done differently? So it doesn't seem, you know, telling the story, it doesn't seem like you're painting the picture of, of, of self-blame. But you go behind closed doors and it always ends up being, you know, I could have done this differently. I could have done that differently. What if I had done? Should I? And the if I could have, would have, should have. Those are the worst phrases in the world, right? I mean, those are great phrases for setting us up to remain stuck. Mm. If I should have, would have, could have. Oh. What a way to just torture yourself with being just remaining stuck and never moving forward in your life. I mean, okay, so if you don't ask, we make choices sometimes that aren't perfect. We make, you know, we might cause a problem in a relationship through our own wounds or neglect or not paying attention to the relationship. And, you know, so the goal is to learn from that. The, the goal is to, to improve that, but not to continue to berate and beat yourself up over that for the rest of your life. If you do that, I can guarantee you're not going to have a good relationship in the future. Okay. Certainly not with yourself. Right. So, I, and, and I'm going to come to that comment in, in just a moment, Jan. Um, much love, the motivator. Uh, I, I see you're listening over there in, in New Jersey. So, the, the, if the if I coulda, woulda, shoulda are the worst phrases to, to move on in the process of healing, what then do we replace that with? Because we have to, if, if we're going to remove something, don't we need to replace it with something? Because a lot of us feel that if something is in there, then, then it needs to have a placeholder. Well, we're assuming that if we're going to talk about a relationship for one, right? I mean, if that's where we're using the if, or woulda, shoulda, coulda. But, if I had done this, the relationship would have lasted. If I had done this, they wouldn't have left or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's That's a huge assumption, right? Yeah. Because we don't, there was obviously, I'm assuming, a breakdown in communication and the relationship that it was getting to that part that now you're questioning whether it you should have done something that would have made it better. Okay. When the relationship is over, it's over. Most people are starting to move on. So maybe take that time to work on healing yourself liking who you are understanding the qualities that you bring to a relationship one of the things i've noticed that people when they get into relationships one they're they're rushed so quickly and secondly i don't know that people spend a whole lot of time seeing how much their value systems and belief systems align with one another you know they just know what they like and don't like but there's Mm -hmm. so much more to a relationship than what we like or don't like we we all have solid beliefs and values that we hold and live by those are like our moral compasses and i think it's important that those complement one another 
But, you know, all right, for us guys, because we're visual creatures, because you are uh, sexy as, as, as none other can be, isn't that all that there needs to be? So if, 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 <laughs> if the relationship falls apart, it has to be, okay, I guess the, 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 if we're going to be replacing if I could have, would have, should have, now then it becomes the, well, she ain't sexy no more. <laughs> that's why <laughs> oh, yeah i wish i had gone to the gym more so i would have stayed sexy for him screw that <laughs> I, I well you see that, that if i could i would i should have that, that that's that's still showing up but to say if an individual is gonna say something along the lines of boy you know i'm i'm glad that this came to an end to replace the if I coulda, woulda, shoulda, to say, I'm glad this came to an end. Right. And part of that just alone is like the disconnection, the severing of that. The if I woulda, coulda, shoulda keeps us still connected to that. Right. We're not mm. completely done with that relationship if we're constantly sitting from the place of I wish I coulda, shoulda, woulda done this. Of okay, that happened and, and it's over and what can I learn from that experience? What do that I part. want to draw in for my next relationship? That part. Even if we were to reconnect, what then can I now do differently? How then can I navigate this differently? That is where right, I'm, I'm coming from. If I'm from. away from it long enough, am I, do I really want it? Or was it convenient for me? Or was it filling yeah. a need that I wasn't filling for myself? And, and that's where I'm coming from when I, when I say, could we just say, boy, you know, I'm glad that this is over. I'm, I'm glad. And, yeah, and that really is that part of the, experience. like the fifth one on this list here is acceptance Let's go, Dr. 100%. Caribbean. Let's go. There you go. You nailed it. Let's go. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> good night, click. <laughs> right? Jeez. You know, that 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 part of it that is is probably the best thing that could happen with anyone that is really willing to heal that acceptance. Isn't that like the, the whole steps to grieving? Yes. Because what it, it's accepting it um, at the beginning. Or yeah, I mean, we have denial and we have, yeah. you know, like it's not happening. And right. I mean, uh, very much, yeah, when you, especially when it comes to a relationship, it is part of a grieving. It's a part of you, too, that's going through this. You're not going to be who you are after this relationship ends. You know, I mean, we're not the same person we were in college dating. Now, years later, with more experience and more things that have you know, maybe careers and kids and other things that have transpired. We cannot look at getting into a new relationship like we did when we were in college. We're different people than that. Yeah. 
And that's a lot of like what you have shared openly, like you've done, talked to people and worked through a lot of things. You're not the same person as you were the time before you started doing all of that. So you're not going to approach your life in the same way that you did before you did all of that. Nor should you. Nor should you. Right. Again, we are living beings. And as living beings, we have to evolve to exist. And evolving involves learning and and changing. I think one of the issues that, that a lot of us have is that change part. And I, I don't think I, I can stress this enough. Anything that isn't changing is stagnant. Anything that is stagnant is pretty much dead. So it, as a part of our growth process we need to be changing and we need to be recognizing our change and accepting our change and this is this is how i feel about it and i feel strongly about it and 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 as a part of that you'll see on my posts on social media one of the hashtags that are that's in there is changing the narrative we need to be there needs to be some type of change as we develop and in 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 the healing process like with the grieving process you know, accepting what is and saying, even saying the unconventional. And that's, that's, that's probably why it came to me just now. I, I really didn't think of it before just now. Saying, I am glad this happened as a part of the healing process. Because now, for me, as I see it, you are at that acceptance place where you say, boy, you know what? I could not have done this any better. As a child, my mother used to say to me, well, I, I used to get frustrated with some things. So she would say two things to me. When I couldn't get it, she would say, try and try and try again. Where are you getting this, this attitude of giving up from? Where is that going to benefit? How is that going to benefit you? And then she said something even more profound. She said, when men on earth have done their best, angels in heaven can do no better. Mm. and I the first time she said that to me it stopped me dead in my tracks I remember being so frustrated and angry and it was I think it was something that I was was trying to do and I was just determined to do it and it just was not working out for me and if, if, if anybody that knows my mother once you meet my mother you fall in love right and just about everybody that has has met her currently still misses her and it has been 13 years mm. and so in the most loving way ever the most loving voice she said those words to me and it stopped me dead in my tracks i remember that clearly and i was like <laughs> wow because here it is the the best of the best out there the 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 purest of pure the most perfect that there is could do no better than me 
because I gave my all. I did my best. And if that is the way you approach relationships after, after they've ended, if that is the way you approach a situation that, that and I'm, when I say relationships, I'm talking across the board. I'm talking about that job that you lost. Yes. I'm talking about that, 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 that child that you may have lost. I'm talking about that friendship yes. that you have lost, that, that, that marriage, that car, <laughs> that, yes. that computer that has died. That bank account. The, oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> the gas jet that just went out of your car. <laughs> I'm laughing now, but 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 you know, in a situation like now where gas prices are going up hourly, um, you know, to even say, boy, you know, I'm glad that I went through that situation because now I know how to do this better. If I'm ending, yes. if I end up in this situation again, going to the comment that that was sent to me by text, and uh, like I said, you and Jenny's, you you guys have reversed roles. She was talking last night, and you were commenting. No, you are talking tonight. She was she's awesome. Commenting. And 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 that's what she, one of the things that she just said. She said, "I love this woman," but she says, um, "In Jamaican culture, we're taught, why are you crying?' And this is this is so true." <laughs> I'll give you something to cry for. <laughs> My mom must have been Jamaican because she said this all the time. <laughs> I, I, I think this is, this is parenting um, all over. But I'll give you something to cry for. And as a child, I, I could never understand what was needed, what was required of me at that point. Because I was not one that got a spanking um, on a regular basis. I was, I, was, I, was, I was too quiet and too good a, a child for that. But I got the occasional one, you know, pop here, pop there. And to cry because I got slapped, I believe was a requirement because I'm hurting. And we express hurt a lot of times by crying. But when we're told, what are you crying for? I... Let me give you something to cry for. <laughs> I think that's the most confusing thing ever for a child. <laughs> because I remember my mom one time saying that to me. She says, do you want me to give you something to cry for? And I said, yes. And she, she went, what? And, and we both, it kind of disrupted the whole pattern because <laughs> it was a pattern, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, kids say the darnest things, right? <laughs> right i mean yeah give me something to cry about <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like wow how do we how do we process okay that? so there you go there's a very good example of getting passed down from lineage to lineage right yes yes i mean your mom's mom probably told her the same thing or grandma did who knows well yeah we we had to have learned it somewhere you know you and i grew <laughs> up in two completely different parts of the world <laughs> I don't uh, think as kids that we probably said, man, I can't wait till I have my own kids to say that to them one day. Right. And to think of it, I've never said that to my children. No, I've never said that to my kid either. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> and and, and I, I, haven't, I didn't spoil mine. Mine are, are no. far from spoiled. You know, I, I spoiled her with love, you know, like showing up for her and allowing her to share how she feels and 
talk about feelings. You know, that's kind of a big thing we like to do. Mm hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at some of the comments that are, are, are coming in here. Uh, you know, I guess depending on where you are, some people can't can't comment in the stew part, so they just sent me the message on on the text line. I, I get it. I get it. Cool. Um, the phone line is also open seven seven three seven eight nine stew. The line is open. <laughs> you can use it. <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> um, Doctor Kelly doesn't bite, and if she does, it's none of our business. You know, right. <laughs> we don't talk about it. Um, it. Although this is real talk and this would be the broadcast to talk about it on um, tonight. We're talking about healing, <laughs> <laughs> not, not causing the damage <laughs> physically or otherwise. But I guess we can't talk about healing without talking about that, causing the damage. Healing from bites. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, 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 and on that note, we can say, okay, the damage has been done, whether intentional or unintentional. We, the, the holding on to, to that damage. Um, Jan also gave a comment. If, I, I feel that we hold on to the memory of, the, of that person, not the person. Because another person will catch your eye and the person that you were holding on to is not even a thought anymore. You know, I still think about, it's probably because I do relationships differently. When it comes to intimate relationships, they generally fall in the pattern of we were friends and it moved on to us being more than friends. So I tell the story a lot the majority of my exes and I were friends till today. Um, even even one of my ex-wives, and I've been married multiple times, clearly, because I just can't seem to be the best husband I can be. I don't know. Um, <laughs> even we need to talk about that. <laughs> I, I, It's just one way to, to not make not put it on them. It's just that the relationship just didn't work. That's all it is. That's all it is, really. I'm a great guy. Okay, ladies? I'm a great guy. Um, so here it is. Um for ten years I I didn't speak with my first wife after we split. For ten years. Today we're great friends again. But there had to be that process. Now, that process was a little bit of a lengthy process. <laughs> but it goes to show that all is not lost as long as there is life in your body. Right. Well, and you're both not the same people that you were 10 years that ago. Too. Incidentally, we got married um, in 1999. So uh, it's... Longer than that, but hey, yeah, we, we're not <laughs> the same people. Just we're keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're just going from the part you didn't talk for uh, 10 years. Right, let's go with that. <laughs> 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 and, um, but we, we're great friends now. And I am, I'm good friends with a number of my exes. We, we can talk about even relationships that they're in today. 
you know their own personal relationships and 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 working through um child rearing and working through job situations and 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 these intimate other intimate relationships you know some people say you know don't talk to your ex about your current but do you talk to your friend about your current and now you, you you're getting into into classifications you're getting into into um what 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 do I want to say? Um, not stereotype. Well, I guess you could call it stereotyping. Um, but you you you're categorizing people versus recognizing the relationship. So yeah, we're exes, but does that mean that we're not friends? How does that work? Well, and and so I have exes as well, and some of us do I you? could absolutely be friends with but that also depends on where the ex is mm. in in their journey right have they gotten over being mad bitter you know whatever it may be or have they bounced from one relationship to the other and it seems like it's always the same relationship over and over again right i don't know that we would necessarily have an, anything in common with one another to be friends but i can tell you i would be civil to every single person I've ever come across just because I don't want to not live my life. I don't, I want, I'm a progressively going forward kind of person. So yeah. I don't want to spend too much time way back there looking in the rearview mirror. That part too. The not recognizing what you're going through in order, in order to keep moving forward. You can't go forward looking back. No, and sometimes we, we think that that rear view mirror is actually the front windshield rather than just that small little mirror that you're looking through. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be aware of what is behind you, but if forward is where you're going, is either you're going to be going where you're looking or looking where you're going. Right. One of the two. It's not going to be both. So where do you want to be? And if it is the case where we're looking to heal, that means that we're looking to move from this place that we're currently in. And if the place that we're currently in is a place of hurt as a result of a situation, as a result of an argument, as a result of a, a, a loss, then... Clearly, we're looking to move past this. How do we move past this? And yeah. That is where your That's list where comes in. That's we go in. through those steps. You know, we start to talk about it. We start to heal from it. Again, some people go through self-help books because maybe that's the journey that works best for them. Well, that's what's you advertised and it, and it caught their ear. What's that? That is what is advertised and it caught their ear. Right, Exactly. Or, you know, maybe they go to a training class that's geared towards helping you understand yourself better. You know, I mean, it's that's ultimately what we're needing to do as part of the healing is understand who we are. And it's not a thing of let's go shame ourselves or, you know, see how much guilt we can pour on ourselves from where we are. It's, let's just kind of put it all out on the table, look at it and... 
heal what you know needs to be healed and and learn from those things that we may have made decisions to do based on our wounded selves you know that's apologizing to somebody or making amends or, or whatever to move forward apology let's 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 touch on that for a moment Do you think that apologies should come from a place of after apologizing to yourself first, then you apologize to someone else? Mm, that's a really good question. Some people may not be safe for you to do that with. So some there's other ways to do that. I know that I've had people do like in journaling you're writing out your apology on a piece of paper and mm -hmm. you can read it out loud and even burn it the thought is to get it outside of your head so that you can release that part from yourself again because some people may not be in a position emotionally to receive an apology from you yeah but 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 even so we're not we're not I'm not looking at the, the, the person that is receiving the apology. I'm looking at me, the individual, who needs to be giving that apology. Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I'm, I'm always coming from a place of start with self. So, if then we're starting with self, don't we need to apologize to self first if we're going to apologize to someone? Because no, we have to recognize what we're apologizing for. Right. So you're gonna tell yourself, "Boy, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, self, I'm sorry." If you really stop and think about it, you're gonna you're gonna be asking yourself, "What are you sorry for?" And in the same way, extending that apology to someone else, they're well within their rights to ask you, "What are you apologizing for?" So, even with journaling, you're going to write it down and burn it if that is the process that you're recommending. But writing down that first apology to whom? To that individual that you, you may believe that you have wronged or someone that has tell you that, told you that you have wronged them? Or do you write it to self? It could be both. Because maybe in the apology to someone else... It's actually allowing you to look and take accountability and ownership for what you've done to yourself or allowed have done to you. So there isn't one that comes before the other. There isn't self that comes before the other person. Yeah, or I don't or the other think person so. It, but as long as you get self so. in there. For sure, yourself has to be in the equation. <laughs> right? You know, Without that, I mean, we're going nowhere. You know, I, 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 I have learned over time that, boy, it's a reason why you go on the plane and they tell you, put on a mask. If it drops down from the ceiling, you need to put on yours first because you need to deal with self. You need to take care of self before you can take care of anyone else. So if you're going to be happy, you need to be happy within yourself first. I, it, it, it. It wasn't until I became an adult that it hit me. Nobody else can make me happy. 
Right. And nothing can make me happy. You know, anything that we could get outside of ourselves is pretty short-lived. We have to be in this flesh carcass for as long as we're going to breathe in it. So we might as well make it the best environment we can for ourselves. We're not going to spend company with anybody more than we're going to spend with ourselves and our thoughts. And and this is what it, it, it keeps coming back to, the self. And so here we are looking to get by in life, looking to, 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 to get through on a daily, daily, be- daily basis. And we're not looking at self in the whole thing. We keep looking outside at others. So now we need to heal from whatever it is that, that is hurting us. And we're looking for that healing outside If you would, just for a moment, Dr. Killery, just go through your, your bullet points again for me. And in going through them, I want our listeners to think to self. Because for me, that would be the ideal way to go. And a great well, place and I can tell you from a client's perspective, when a client comes because yeah. they want to work on healing yes. or to work through, I don't know, a relationship, a failed career or whatever it may be, I can tell you the first point of contact when they talk to me, they tell me the reason that they're in the position that they're in is because of all of these things outside of them. Mm-hmm. whether it be their job or the way they were raised or the religion they had or, you know, I mean, it's so to go through these bullet points is to first for people to understand that, as you said, it's an inside thing, but people always start with the outside thing first. And then it's like peeling an onion. We start to unpeel those layers until we get to the core, which is us. (laughs) So we can't start with us first. We have to peel the layers. Okay. Okay. I got you. And that's, that's where people want the fast track. Right? They want that quick fix that says, okay, I don't have to go through the peeling of the layers because in the peeling of the layers, I'm going to learn some things about myself. Or I might realize that, you know, I wasn't a victim to that. Or I see what my role in that was or any of those things. And uh, that can't happen. I see where you're coming, at, coming from with the layers now. Yes. Okay, cool. I got you. Where... Where it is, what were the contributing factors from me, the individual, that led to these things to get to the right? Because then that's then me. we're going to get to why you feel the way that you feel coming in here. Like gotcha. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not seen. I'm not heard. Whatever it might be. Gotcha. Well, why do you feel that way? And then that's when they give me all the outside exterior stuff. And then we start peeling it away to get to the root or the core of where all of that comes from. 
and you know that's the other thing too some people are uh, they're concerned about coming either through counseling or coaching or that because they think it's going to take a long time and I have to go talk about my childhood and I don't want to talk about my childhood I've already talked about that maybe you have maybe you haven't but the thing is is that's where all the stories start mm-hmm. and that's where we have I mean it's not like we need to go back to when you were conceived and spend a whole lot of time at least with my goal we're going to go back there but the goal is to get to the root of it so we can move forward. We don't need to stay there for right. 20 years talking about how having that ball taken away from you when you were two really has upset you your whole life. Right, right, right. People don't need to waste their time that way. They they want to move forward. They want to get out of pain. They want to have a, a good life. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of the things that I think people might benefit from knowing, two things, is one is some signs of knowing if they need healing. Mm. Yeah. So if I can share some of those. So some of them are like always feeling victimized by other people or outside situations. Like you're always the victim of something that happens or goes wrong for you. The other would be confusion or difficulty concentrating or even memory loss. These are good signs that your brain is still trying to process a bunch of stuff and it's not making sense. And so it's, you know, kind of creating some blockages. Mm-hmm. Feelings of guilt, shame, or hurt. Feeling sad or helpless. Maybe somebody who's withdrawing from social connections or isolating at home and i know that's kind of weird especially just coming through covid where we're all home all the time and now maybe you're working at home you're no longer going to the office being very mindfully aware am i still having some kind of social connection with people or am i just you know hanging out at home and never going out anymore these are things to be aware of insomnia or um, loss of physical energy just kind of feeling tired all the time, always feeling anxious or stressed, and you can't seem to catch a break. That's what your thoughts are. Highly sensitive to negative emotions or reactions. Not being able to let go of negative emotions, negative conversations, or negative things that happened in the past. Difficulty showing love, trust, or sympathy towards others. Always upping someone else's situation to minimize theirs so yours sounds good. And and I know we all know somebody, if you're telling a story about what happened to you, let's say you broke down on the road and you had a flat tire, somebody else has a more tragic story than that that they have to somehow interject so it <laughs> makes yours not seem so yeah. bad. Easily triggered, overreacted to seemingly little things, holding a grudge, difficult forgiving others, going from one unhealthy relationship to another and every job you work at, the boss or the coworkers are out to get you. These are just some examples of reasons people might need to have some healing to see also maybe what their part and their role is that keeps attracting those kinds of things that are happening in their lives. Right. (laughs) How awesome would it be if the individual going through those things repeatedly just stops and takes 
that 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 inventory that does that self stuff taking and do do the, the the shadow work the self work you know sit sit with right. a, sit with a dr Kelly brown and 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 say boy you know all right here it is or help me recognize what it is because more often than not individual going through these things over and over and over again is the individual that you you could easily just call crazy because they're doing the same things expecting different results yes well and how many times do we actually stop and disconnect from our day to check in to say how am i doing how am i feeling we do more of that by standing on the scale to see how much we weigh we do more of you know yeah. go buy new clothes or all of these things again outside of us when do right. we ever stop and pause and stop listening to the media stop scrolling through social media because we're waiting for our doctor's appointment or to have our car oil done. So rather than just sitting there and checking in and scanning your own internal body to see what it is you're feeling, we go to our phones and we start scrolling or we start playing games mm -hmm. or something. We're so conditioned to just be doing something all the time that we're missing so much of what we need for ourselves emotionally. And then we pick up, habits that aren't healthy for us and end up not healing right we just gloss over move on and end up in a false sense of security because the moment that whatever it is happens to be a trigger we're back to square one right and you ever notice how it goes back to that individual would always go back to that one story. It's just like when. And, and you're like, wait a minute, let me finish the story for you. Because <laughs> yeah. you've heard it so many times. Right. They never dealt with it. Yeah, well, you know, it kind of stinks sometimes when you have to stop being a victim of your own story. Mm. Say that again, Dr. KRB. Please say that again. Preach. <laughs> wow. It does. It does, uh, it does stink when you have to stop being a victim of your own story. That's right up there with, with wanting to wear your, your pain like a badge of honor. Yes. <laughs> because who am I without my story? Yes. Yeah, we, 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 we let those situations define us, don't we? Yeah. And because, I guess because, what, they stand out so much in our minds that now we're defined by them. Well, and again, like I said earlier on, sometimes we have gains from those stories, right? Mm -hmm. We might get special treatment because we've been through something tough. 
and again, these are these are unconscious things. These aren't. I don't think people intentionally or consciously aware of what can I get as a part of being a victim. I mean, just saying that out loud, you're like, why would anybody want to do that or be that? Mm. But in some ways, maybe in that victimization state of our story, it somehow gives us that false sense of somebody loves me because they're hearing my story. And, and they're there for me because of this hardship that I had. Therefore, I must be lovable. Not realizing that if I could just learn to release this stuff that's inside of me and learn to love who I am completely and wholly for who I am today, imagining the things that I could see, the things that I could be, the things that I could do, the things that I could have, the people that I could be around who would resonate that same love that I feel for myself because I've reached that level. Right. That's awesome. That, that, uh, that would be like the ultimate, wouldn't it? Right. But that requires us disconnecting and checking in with ourselves putting the phone down, resonate, where am I today? Am I feeling tired? Okay, if I'm tired, when I'm tired, do I tend to be a little bit more grouchy? Do I tend to be a little bit more snappy? Take accountability for that so that I don't go bite my kid's head off because I'm tired. I'm yeah. grouchy. Yeah. Am I? Have I eaten today? Have I eaten food that's good for me or have I eaten food that's making me feel inflamed and tired and sluggish because that's going to make me come across another way to people what's my part what's my role and how i'm showing up in the world today mm. hey recognize that you are an individual and uh, <laughs> you have to address you nobody else can like you right or nobody else should have that responsibility because they have to deal with themselves Hey. Well, and get to know how awesome you are. Oh, my goodness. The oh. amazing gifts that you came in with. Can you imagine if we all woke up each morning present? And I know there's somebody out there going, wait, so can you wake up absent? If you wake up, you're there. No, but think about it wake up present be aware of who you are and when somebody when you meet someone for the first time and they ask so who are you you don't tell them what you do but you tell them who you are how many of us are at that place right and if you're stopping to think right now you need to be doing just what dr kelly ray brown is saying instead of going to social media or to 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 that series that you've been watching on whatever streaming network you just stop and get familiar with self check in with self then you'd be better able to answer that question of are you aware? Are you present? 
Are you right? Asking again, asking yourself in the morning, how do I want to show up today? And then checking with yourself throughout the day and saying, am I showing up the way I said I would? Oh, wait a minute. I, I hit three red lights on the way to work and spilled coffee on myself. Man, now I'm really mad. Okay. Is that how I want to show up today? Mm. No, I wanted to show up happy. So, Hey, you know what? So I got some coffee on my clothes. I'm still okay. I'm I'm alive. You know, we have At sometimes we have to play. I don't want to right, <laughs> play a game with ourselves, but we kind of have to because we will tend to resonate towards the negative side. We it's that primordial part of our brain, that reptilian side of our brain that's always looking to be safe, quote unquote safe, like some saber-toothed tiger is always out to get us. And that saber-toothed tiger really, more times than not, is us. Mm. We're getting ourselves far more often than people are outside of us getting us. Yeah. We're so much of a danger to ourselves. Oof. Yeah, we should come with our own warning label for ourselves. <laughs> Danger, self-present. <laughs> may self-destruct. <laughs> you know, that, that really redefines that. It really does. When you stop and think about it, it really does. Dr. Kellery, I, I want to thank you for taking the time out to, to share with us on this subject of healing. And... Thank you for making that post, which inspired me to do this topic tonight. Um, it, Thank it, you so much. You know, I can always geek out with you anytime on this <laughs> subject matter. I just love that we can just connect on that level and just really, I don't know, it just gets me super excited because I see you get excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't hide it, can I? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think I might need to do a better job at that. Um, really? If, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not I at all. I must subdued myself. Dr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Kirby, please tell people how they can get in touch with you, how they can follow you, uh, how they can even schedule an appointment with you if that's what they need. Thank you. I'm on a couple of social media websites. So on Facebook, it's Kelly Ray Brown. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. It's all one word. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And those are all great places that you can reach me. And I'd love to have a conversation with you. If any of this is resonating with you and and you could use some extra support. I'd love to do that. And then I also, one other thing is I have a weekly podcast that I do every Monday. And it's called Getting Through the Week. And I talk about subjects like this and a variety of other things. And offer tools and tips and that to help get you through your week. And believe me, it's just awesome. You think this, well, actually, yeah, this was awesome. And it is awesome like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the way you reframe that and caught that because you almost wanted to subdue for a second, huh? Almost. <laughs> what? I caught it. <laughs> hey, Dr. Caribbean, take care. We'll be in touch. You have a great night. 
things. You do the same, Kevin. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Kelly Ray Brown. If there's one thing that we need to know, it's that life is good. gonna have a little bit of a musical therapy right about now this is music from rachel davis lee sorry rachel davy lee the track is called life is good from the ep barely concealed This is the sound of Tennille. It's called Man, You're Beautiful. One of the things we need to recognize as we heal. Regardless of the flaws that we may be perceived to have. Underneath it all. Remember, Dr. Killary talked about those layers. Peel away all those layers to recognize this. You're beautiful. As we close out this uh, edition of the Night Shift of DJ Kevin Stewart's Real Talk Edition, I want to thank you each and everyone for tuning in. I want to say thank you to my affiliates for tonight. NIE Radio to New Jersey, much love to you. Big up the motivator. Thank you, ClintonLindsay.com, the Foundation Reader Network. Truly, I appreciate love you. Those locked in Anzino FM. PEMGTV.com. Big ups to you. Those of you locked in right here at the home of the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew, KevinStew.com, where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One of the things I want to remind you guys about it's March Madness. I should have done this at the beginning of the broadcast, but hey, better late than never. Remember, I am a Mary Kay consultant. And there is a special being offered right now by yours truly. Like right now, you know, and there's lots of hand washing going on. We tend to lose the tenderness in our hands. And even with the hardworking men out there, the coarse hands. I know you ladies like to feel a firm hand, but it doesn't have to be like sandpaper. So here's what you can do. Go ahead and uh, get yourself a satin hand set. And get a pink clay mask 50% off. Talk about some madness. Yeah, man, that's some March madness. I'm not around with it, you know. Let's go ahead and go to marykay.com forward slash Kevin Stew put in your order today yeah man that's 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 it's legit you know kevinstew.com you can go there too and you'll see the link on the page you can go straight to marykay.com forward slash kevinstew 
thanks again to McNeil Trucking for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast. It's called Musical Therapy. With McNeil Trucking, you're in good hands. Get him a call, 954-406-9740. Again, that's 954-406-9740. It's a beautiful thing to have them um, as a part of uh, this team. Big up to my other sponsors, Pulse Media Group, Althea and her healing heavenly hand, and Reggae Global Entertainment. Much love to you. As we close out, remember, look up for members of your community. And remember, your community is not just the development that you live in, but it spreads far and wide. So those that you pass on the bus, on the plane, the boat, or the train, whether you walk, ride, or drive, these, mem- these are members of your community. So do something good for one of them today, because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow. My name is DJ Kevin Stewart, so I like to do it for you, with you, and to you. It's called The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stewart. Happens every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Right here, KevinStew.com and affiliates. Do remember to catch me on uh, Saturday for the Saturday Stew. It's always a good time when we bubble up and simmer down on in the Saturday Stew. Catch me on Reggae Global Radio and the Foundation Radio Network, 8 p.m. Eastern. For the Saturday stew. Until we meet up again, y'all take care of yourselves. Good morning, good afternoon, good day to you wherever you are in the world from right here in South Florida. I wish y'all a good night. Hey, be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. Take care, y'all. And remember, yeah, you're beautiful. Greetings and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment.